Welcome back to Outdoors with me, Lawrence Gunther. Lily and I paid a visit to the Biodome in Montreal. It's a collection of museums including everything from the Insectarium, the Botanical Gardens, there's the Rainforest, the Laurentian Mountains and the Gulf of St. Lawrence, Antarctica, a planetarium, and the newly acquired biosphere on the grounds of the former Expo 67, the World's Fair. So to help you listeners get through the dark days of winter, we thought we would roll out some of our audio tracks of our visits to the various uh, museums there at the Biodome. I think you'll find it interesting, informative, and maybe entertaining as well. Let's hope so. You know, the amazing thing about these places is they all have life. It's like you're stepping actually into the rainforest. You're stepping into the Laurentian Mountains. You're right there. The animals are there. You can smell it. You can hear it. You can touch it in some cases. You can certainly see it if you can see it. It's all around you. It's really cool. On today's visit, we're going to first the Insectarium and then to Antarctica. And we're going to end up with a visit to a really cool conference boardroom conference boardroom what are you saying Lawrence why are we going to a boardroom well just wait and find out Miss Lily's got some information for us on bears and what they do all winter long maybe we can get some tips from them how to get through those cold winter days when it's just too cold to do anything outside I've got some tips on how to keep your guide dog healthy outdoors in the winter especially the paws some things you need to be thinking about there and a coat maybe and uh What do you need to know if you're going to go out on the ice and do a little ice fishing or skating or just adventuring? People do it all the time, but there's things you need to know. Hey, let's go find Miss Lily. It's getting cold out here. Come on, Lewis. Getting schooled with Miss Lily. Lily, winter is upon us, and I guess the animals are all hunkered down. Uh, Yeah, well, hopefully they'll be okay and there won't be any unusual weather life extreme ice rain that will make their lives difficult. Oh yeah, we get more of that now, isn't it? Yeah, no, there's too much rain and not enough snow. Mm -hmm. And then when it turns to ice rain and everything gets sealed up and slippery and they can't get around? Poor animals. Mm. Even excessive amounts of snow can be challenging. And you know what though? The animals in Canada, they depend on some long, extreme cold spells every winter to kill off some of the pests and insects that drive them crazy, like ticks. And, mm. you know, as, as our winters warm up, these, these bugs are living longer and more, more of them, and they're moving north. I mean, ticks, we never used to have ticks. Oh, ticks. Ah, uh, well, hibernating bears. Oh, bears. Well, we always had bears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good for that. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, hibernating bears, they're not just resting away the winter. They really shut down completely, resetting the parameters of their daily lives. They go in, turn around two or three times, lie down, and they stay that way for up to six months, depending on how far north they live. They'd only get up to switch sides every few days. But so they're not like just going into a, a permanent sort of stupor and, and just sleeping for six months solid they're they're actually getting up every uh, couple days and turning around they have their cubs in their dens you yeah. know they do their nursing in the dens they they take care of their little their cubs so they're not totally asleep uh the sluggish metabolism of hibernating bears is an amazing feat in itself a bear can slow its breathing and heart rate by about 75% for months at a time while maintaining 
uncomparatively high body temperature. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that is cool. Wow. While nobody knows exactly how they put on the metabolic breaks, the strategy makes good sense. Bears also don't chill out like ground squirrels because it would take far too much energy to rewarm their large bodies in the spring. Hmm. Instead, they curl up, letting their fat and fur keep them warm with just a few occasional shivers to help keep blood moving. When bears go into their dens and to fall, they have about two inches of fat on them. Sow bears often nurse twins or triplets during hibernation without eating or drinking, tapping into their own fat and water stores for the sake of their babies. That's amazing. That they can nurse all winter their cubs and not have a drink themselves. Do the babies sleep? Yeah, yeah, the babies. Well, the babies are just so tiny, Lily. They're so tiny when they come out. I'm going to Google that right now. One pound. Wow. The mother bear will stay with her cubs for two winters if she can. So she'll have them the first winter. She'll keep them with her all spring and summer and the next fall. And she'll hibernate with them the next winter with her cubs. And then the next spring when she comes out... Those cubs are a year, almost a year and a half old. That's sort of the summer that they split up uh, when the mother goes back into heat. And uh, a male bear comes along and the cubs scatter. Just in case there's some tips for avoiding bear conflicts. Yeah. As the weather gets colder, black bears are active throughout the fall as they search for foods rich in calories to build up their fat reserves. It's important to keep this bear activity in mind. And take steps to avoid conflicts with bears. I always say, if it's brown, lie on the ground. If it's black, fight back. And if it's white, say goodnight. <laughs> my little saying with bears. Wow, does that come from experience? Uh, <laughs> no. I, no. It's a good saying, though. Yeah. Say, say it again. If it's black, fight back. If it's brown, lie on the ground. The grizzly bears or brown bears. Yeah, just play dead. Yeah. And if it's white, say goodnight. Yeah, because you have absolutely no chance. And, and nowhere to hide. No chance with a polar bear. <laughs> no. <Nope>. None. <laughs> uh, bears typically enter their dens to begin their winter downtime by December, but timing can vary depending on food availability. Oh. When food sources are plentiful, bears can double their body weight in the fall to prepare for the time. Double. Double. That's, Double. <laughs> that's like going from 200 pounds to 400 pounds. That's a huge bear. Oh my gosh, that's a huge bear. That's, yeah. Yeah, to prepare for the time they will spend in the den. Bears have an excellent sense of smell and will follow their nose in search for food. This may cause bears to move into new areas or return to areas where they have successfully gotten a meal in the past. Oh yeah, like like a garbage dump. You know, once yes, a bear finds bears. a garbage dump, they, they that's it. That's all they're going to feed on from that point on. I remember my dad, he would take me and my brothers to the, uh, and my mom, you know, in the <laughs> evening, because the bears come to the dumps, they come out in the evening just before the sun sets, and we would park there at the at the little landfill dump uh, near our cottage property. Like all families do. Like all families, and the bears would come out, and they would just ignore you. They would just come out and start breaking Eating over garbage, garbage bags and, and looking for something to eat, you know, but you just, you don't get out of the car. Absolutely no. don't get out of the car. <laughs> I used this as an insult the other day to one of my friends jokingly. Like, it's like, you know what? You eat dump bears. So don't even start. <laughs> I met a guy. He he, oh, he yeah. told me he shoots dump bears and eats them. And... At Theo's baseball game. Oh, that's right. It was there. <laughs> and I think, what are you talking about eating dump bears? That's that's like, they're all full of pests and disease and viruses and nastiness. And oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like Russian roulette. At Theo's baseball game. <laughs> We had, I think we got into a bit of a debate about oh, that. Oh, gosh. You dump bears are fine to eat. I don't know. You're just weak. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Natural foods such as nuts and acorns from oak, hickory, and hazelnut trees are rich in calories and help to build fat reserves. Bird feeders also make an especially appealing and accessible food source Mm -hmm. as bird feed is high in calories. Bears also may be attracted to grills with food debris or dirty barbecue trash. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can just imagine a bear walking down the middle of our city neighborhood and just picking off barbecues and uh, and bird feeders. Lots Benji, of bird feeders. Benji would have a heart attack. <laughs> he, I don't think he'd ever seen anything that big before in his life. Oh no! When they're hungry, they'll come right through your window. I, I, a friend of mine, it went right through the wall of his cottage. It tore off the outside siding, ripped through the pink insulation, and then came up to the back of the uh, you know the thin wood paneling and stopped. It thought it was solid wood and it just turned away. (laughs) It could have just punched that out so easily. (laughs) Here's some tips to help keep bears at a distance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Remove bird feeders until the winter months when bears are in their dens. Make sure to clean grills after use or store them in a secure building. Store trash cans in a secure building and put them out in the morning of trash collecting service. Not the night before, yeah. No. (laughs) Compost unusable windfall fruit from nearby trees. Don't leave it all laying out on your ground and then wonder, why is that bear out there? Yeah. Bears need to do what they need to do to get ready to make it through the winter. Mm -hmm. You just don't want to be part of that equation if you can help it. Mm -hmm. No, they're mean eating machines. Oh, yeah. Um, you, You hunted bears, right? I used to, yeah. Like when I was uh, when I got my hunting license when I was sixteen, I, I was legally blind, but I, I still could see enough to hunt. And as a hunter, you you have to make sure you know what you're shooting at before you shoot. But a, a black bear in the green forest—it's kind of hard to mistake that. And and we were way way up in the middle of nowhere when we did this, so uh, it, it was interesting. What a way to take out teenage angst, <laughs> shooting a bear. <laughs> it, it was a little nerve-wracking, you know, because this was before they had tree stands. And it's mm-hmm. not like a tree stand's going to protect you from a black bear. Because no, they climb. They're really good at climbing. They're fast. Oh, yeah. And they can run up a tree. So, yeah. I mean, tree stands were there to get you up above the ground and up above the black flies. So, you can, you know, you're not getting eaten alive by flies. You know, normally a hunter would be about 100 feet away from the trail where the bear would be uh, using. I used to sit about 30 or 40 feet off the trail because, you know, I wanted to have a better chance at yeah. shooting one. Yeah. And, and I did, but at some point I, I, I missed. And then I realized I can't do this anymore because I don't want to injure one and have it, you know, run away into the... No, that's just be cruel. Yeah, yeah. No, you want to have a good shot and, you know, not a, no suffering. So... Um, but they have a new new equipment now that uh, can make you a pretty good hunter. They've got some new cameras and, and laser sights that put a dot on things. But you, you have to hunt with somebody. And um, so that would be cool. That would be cool. I still have my hunting license, so who knows? Yeah, you're, you're going to hunt again. That would be a podcast. I want I want to get turkey. Oh, yeah? You know, I passed a field the other day, and there was 100 turkeys in this field. 100 wild turkeys. <laughs> You should take Lauren. Oh my god, a hundred. Lauren would totally go turkey hunting with you. Tell ya. Thanks, Lily. Time for the bucket list. Before Lily and I visited the Antarctica exhibition at the Biodome in Montreal. We popped in quickly at the Insectarium. Wow, 
Lily, what are we standing on here? Vibrating message. So you can communicate stuff through vibrations, I guess. Oh, and the floor is still shaking under my feet as we're working our way through this ant maze. Or an ant house, or whatever they call it. Lily, what's going on here? Well, we're in a room full of butterflies. It smells nice and like a flowery garden. Well, there's full of flowers everywhere, too. Is there? Yeah, there's a butterfly right here. What color? Orange. Lots of butterflies? Oh, yeah. Is it, is it a big place? Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's pretty big. Is it? It's level. This might be the biggest butterfly place we've ever been in, eh? I mean, we've been in the one in New York City. Leaves. Uh, leaves uh, are. Oh, my God. It's, it's the size of an elephant ear. Or bigger. It's huge. Yeah, it's a big leaf. I could hide under one leaf and be sheltered from the rain. We've been at the one at Niagara Falls, and we've been at the one at the Museum of Nature in New York City, which was the tiniest yeah, there's one. there's one on your hat. There is? There was one on your hat. <laughs> what color? It was blue. It was a bright, bright blue azure butterfly. I didn't feel it land. <laughs> there's fruit slices everywhere for the butterflies to eat. So are people wearing bright colored clothing here? It's kind of a known fact that you're supposed to wear bright colors when you come into this room. The bright colors make you look like a giant flower. Yeah, they want to come to you. Yeah. Lots of trees in here? Uh, smallish plants. Yeah. Is there a net above us? Or yes, just, there's a net. There's a glass ceiling above that? Yeah. It's a natural light coming in here. Yeah. Oh, wait, maybe I can get a butterfly. What is it? Oh, I almost got a butterfly in my hand. In what color? Black. It's going to suck the soul out of you. Do you know what they say if a black butterfly crosses your path? Oh, no, that's cats. There's hibiscus flowers and crazy flowers. What colors? About reds, pinks, like all the flowers from different like parts of the world that butterflies are known to like. Yeah. There's feeding stations, big racks of fruit. I guess that's how they get their water, fruit. is it? From the fruit? Uh, maybe, they, I guess. They, 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 I don't hear any water features in here. No, no ponds. You're right, there is no water features. The butterfly cocoons hanging from wooden spigots. Are they real ones? Are they going to oh, be... Oh yeah, they're uh... real, they're real. Okay, cool. They're different stages. So they really have the whole cycle of life here. Oh yeah. Oh, an ant colony, like a tree, yeah. and surrounded by a little basket of sand. Okay. And there's ants crawling around in there. Can you put your hand in? No. Oh, wow. Okay, wait. There's like, um, the tree is connected to a huge, huge long branch that kind of stretches the entire length of the wall. Yeah. And all the ants, or termites, I'm not actually sure which one is which. They're, no, they're, they're, uh, they're Mexican ants yeah they're carrying things there's like million, hundreds and hundreds thousands of them carrying leaves pieces of fruit across and from the on that huge branch along the wall wow that's their highway that's yeah. their ant super highway it's really cool wow so you got the ants below ground and the butterflies above ground that's the, that's and they're all carrying something they're all working hard But I, if I reach for it, what, could I feel the ants? Mm, yes. <laughs> Do people are people feeling the ants? No. They're, they're red. No, they're not. They're um, Mexican leaf cutter ants. Leaf cutter. So they got sharp teeth for cutting leaves. I'm not going to touch them. You can touch the branch. Where's the branch? Uh, I can't reach. You almost pushed me in. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I touched it. You disrupted a few ants. <laughs> it scared the ants. We better move on. We better move on before we get in trouble. <laughs> this ant highway? Yeah. It's amazing, eh? It's I think it's attractive to my kids. It's neat to see nature at, at work. Where is it? 
Yeah, let's keep walking. Come There's on. a butterfly. Come on, let's keep walking. We got to keep walking. Sorry. Sorry. The ant highway. Okay, Lily, I just pumped the lady, so make sure you get me behind you. Get me behind you like that. When I need to go behind you, do that. Oh, a butterfly the size of my palm. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, look how cool that bug is. Okay, say it again, Lily. Look how cool that bug is. What is it? It's a, uh, some type of beetle, but it's bright emerald green. Wow. Yeah, it's eating a fruit with a butterfly they're sharing. Is that right, it's, eh? It's an orange slice. Yeah, some of these butterflies are the size of your palm. No way. Yeah, yeah, they're huge. Wow. Wow, that, that blows my mind. I didn't know they got that big. Like one wing? Or yeah. both wings spread out? One wing. One wing the size of my palm and my hand. Not my fingers, just my palm. Yeah. That's still big. I already said that, Theo. Palm. Yeah, palm is different than your hand. I, it's the size of your hand. So one wing's the size of my hand. Yeah. That's huge. Oh, I got a bunch of different types of snacks for them. Lily, put that, put that apple piece down. <laughs> she's, not not eating, she's not eating the apple piece. <laughs> <laughs> now you have to check yourself and make sure you pick Are up we by getting the wing. out? Don't Are we pick going? Up by the wing. Yeah, we're leaving. So we have to go through these plastic sheets. Of All the right, we're going through. I'm through. Finished up at the butterfly house at the insectarium. Now we gotta get over to the biodome itself for our tour of Antarctica. How are you? Good, how are you? Thanks for agreeing to uh, meet with us today. Well, it's a pleasure. It's like home for me. So to invite somebody at home, it's always fun. So what's, what's your official role here? I'm in charge of uh, public programming, and uh, I'm in charge of education. In this campus here, in this area, you've got the, uh, the biodome, the planetarium, and then just across the parking lot, you've got the insectarium and the uh, Jardin Botanique. Yeah, the Botanical Garden, and we have uh, the Biosphere. And also uh, on Notre Dame Island, just got it uh, last year. You're boarding the biosphere onto your space yeah. for life. Yeah, which is a great thing actually, because we're all five different uh, museum environments here in Montreal. Today, let's let's focus on the biodome first, and then uh, we're going to check out the planetarium at 2:45, I think. Right? Any of time. And here we have something very special. Oh, I can smell something coming. Can smell it. <laughs> That's the penguins I'm smelling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, now get the tools here, put your hand. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness, it's a giant ice wall. Yes. We're in an ice tunnel. Ice tunnel that leads us to uh, the penguins. I feel my way all the way across. I can feel the roof two, three meters high and about four meters wide. And uh, maybe 10 meters long. Or more than 10. Get some twists and turns. Which penguins do we have here? Uh, we have some king penguins. Yeah, you can go to your right. Yeah. You'll find uh, the glass. Kind of funny yellow feathers on the head. It's uh, ah. gentle penguins at the back of the penguins. Okay, so you got the you got the poser penguins. Yes. <laughs> and we can see them swim. So we have so this land, is land. We have water. It's just water and, and land behind this big glass wall here. Exactly. exactly. So you can see them swimming underwater at eye level kind of thing? Yes. And nice. sometimes we do some uh, exercise with them. So we just throw some fish or some uh, ice block into the water to have uh, sometimes also floating mats so they get on it 
it's unstable, so they have to they'll play with it. Um, so it's always to keep them healthy. Yeah. How many penguins, roughly? Uh, about fifty. Fifty penguins. Eh? Wow. Yeah. And do, and now, do they have ice that they can sit on as well and play on? Yes. So there is some rocks and some ice. So every day we have to create new ice. Uh, at the top um, of the ceiling, there's uh, three holes which are actually like ice machine. Yeah. Uh, so we just drop the ice three times a day, and uh, we have uh, staff member going in there to uh, shovel the, the ice, uh, the, the crushed snow or crushed ice, okay. all around the place. So they have an ice slide? No, well, those species they're not sliding uh, very much. Okay. Sometimes so they'll do it on the continent, but not here. They'd rather uh, swim. It's more, uh, let's say. Uh, behavior of uh, the, the emperor penguin. Okay. Uh, when it moves, there's always a big, um, it's a big travel on the continent. Yeah. Uh, on the ice shed, so they have to. Sometimes they, they're kind of lazy, so they just lie on their belly and they. They, they kind of walk with their feet. Push uh, themselves along. So they, they're sliding and pushing them with the, their wow. feet. Yeah. Wow. So these guys are just walkers and swimmers. Yes. Nice. And they're another big crowd pleaser. Man. Lots of families yeah. looking at these guys. That's, those, well, the penguins are one of the most attractive species we have here. Well, I think they've just been outdone by the baby lynx. Yeah. <laughs> every year we have babies. Oh, penguin babies? Yes. Yeah, so we wow. can see sometimes the eggs and the chicks. Aww. So we have two different habitats. Uh, Sub-Antarctic with the penguins. And now we're in front of the um, uh, Labrador coast. Oh, wow. So we're north of Quebec with puffins. Okay. Um, Heading up towards the Arctic Circle kind of thing? Exactly. Nice. We go to uh, Cote Nord in Quebec, Labrador. Yep. Um, Newfoundland, so those are characteristic species. Puffins. 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 What do puffins look like? We call them sometimes uh, sea parrots. Yeah. So uh, they're kind of small birds, let's say about 20 to 30 centimeters long. But their beak is impressive uh, with colorful beak. Uh, they're eating small fish and they go well, far into the water to get those fish and sometimes they have more than 20 small fish in their beak at once really before they come back to the cliff where they uh, they nest uh, feeding the babies for them well and otherwise they're black and white they're sure. black and white yeah black and white with a colorful giant beak exactly most and of the marine birds are black and white yeah, even with the orcas or... it's uh, camouflage actually because they're white underneath yeah so if you're in the water you see white it's like the sky it's like and if you're flying above the water, if you're a predator, uh, you see their back, which is black, which is dark. Like a rock. Uh, like a rock. Or like the water. Uh, so it's camouflage. Wow. And we're back again. In wow, that was cold. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the coolest conference room in Montreal. We'll have to figure out why. All right, this is the challenge. Come on, Lily. You feel. Yeah. Are we ready for the penguins? It's smelling a little fish. Yeah, it smells right. fishy. I, I have a prediction. Hang on, I'm coming around. So there's a big curtain in the back of the room. Yeah. Is there? I want to keep it open for a long time. Okay, we're saying, okay, there, there's a giant curtain on one wall, and we're going to pull it, pull it apart a little bit. And, and then uh, Chen's going to take a bow. Actually, just <laughs> give me your hand. Yeah. If you put it there, there's a penguin. Oh, he breathed at us. And then. <laughs> Behind the glass, in front of you. Did he breathe? Can I get him to do that again? Do they? Let's see. No, sometimes it's uh, picking the beak on the glass. So 
So this is the macaroni penguin, and we have four king penguins coming toward us now. It's coming to say hi. <laughs> Are they are they on land? These yes, ones? yes, they're on land. So he was sleeping right there. He didn't like it. Well, the penguin can see us now. You can. See. <laughs> it's not a mirror glass. This is the coolest conference room in the world with your own penguin exhibit. Yeah. Thanks for showing us this. Outdoor tips and tech. Six degrees on your left. One hundred twenty-two meters. You know, I've been using guide dogs for years, and I always wonder, what about their paws? You know, what about their paws on those salty sidewalks? That's a fact of life if you live in Canada. Salty sidewalks, dog paws, you can cover them up. I tried the uh, Mutt Lux. They lasted about a week before those $40 super nice leather pad just it eroded eroded from the salt because you remember that salt on the sidewalk it's not really salt it's some sort of chemical and the worst thing is if you bring your dog inside and he starts licking or she starts licking her paws that is not great for the kidneys it's not great for the liver they're really just ingesting a nasty carcinogenic chemical i always keep a towel at the side door of my house when we come in if it's not too bad I just basically give the dog's paws a quick wipe, a dry down top and bottom, around the legs, behind the legs, anywhere where I think the dog's going to lick, I clean it up with the towel. Now, if it's really dirty, I'll get a bucket and I'll have it in the workshop. I'll just get a bucket of water, put about two or three inches of water in the bucket, and then I'll bring the dog downstairs with me and I'll get him to set one foot at a time in the bucket. And then just using my hand, I'll wash the paw and I'll wash the leg. And if you got some money, try the paws. Uh, it, they're not a bad thing. They're like a rubber sort of balloon that fits over the paws. You get, they come in different sizes. They stay on pretty well. And even if they don't, you get them in packs of 12. And if they, if they lose one, it's, uh, it's not the end of the world. But you know what? You would think these things would wear out. They don't. If you're going to go out on the ice, think twice. Remember, ice is never safe. That doesn't mean you can't go out on it. It just means you can't take it for granted. So bring a spud. A spud is a long metal heavy bar with a, a chipper at the end. I use it as a cane. It's a little heavy. You can't swing it around the normal white cane technique. And you can just chop at the ice in front of your feet as you're walking. Don't chop your toes and be careful around your dogs. But just chop and make sure the ice is thick. It sounds good and thick and solid. If the ice chipper goes right through the ice, back up slowly. Get out of there. The other thing you want to do is maybe drill some holes and take some test measurements. If you're going out onto the ice further and you're bringing any sort of equipment with you or children or whatever, bring an auger. Six-inch holes, they go faster and it's a manual thing. Just drill a hole, measure the ice with a stick. See how thick it is? Four inches of good thick blue or black or dark ice is good for walking on six inches you can bring an atv or snowmobile eight inches you're almost into bringing a car but if you're gonna go out in a car or truck undo your seatbelt, open the window and get ready to jump because you know if that car starts breaking through those doors aren't going to be open it's going to be jammed into the ice you got to climb out the window so there's your tips on staying safe on the ice i hope that's going to be helpful to you and I hope it's going to give you the confidence to get out there because you know what? There's a lot of world underneath that ice that's worth exploring and uh, you can have a lot of fun with your friends. It doesn't have to involve drinking necessarily. You want to keep full control of your faculties when you're doing any sort of outdoor adventure. There you go, folks. Enjoy.
follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or visit me at lawrencegunther.com to keep up to date on my blogs and videos. Subscribe to get the latest episodes of Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther by visiting your favorite podcast provider. And please take some time to rank us and give us some comments. Send me your feedback, suggestions, and questions on email at feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at AMI-audio. I want to thank Nazreen Abdel-Majid, the manager of AMI-audio, Zandi Frank. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.